With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. SEN Summer Brecky on 11.70am here in Sydney as we're filling in the chairs for Vossie and Brandy. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis with you Thursday, the 1st of February for the first hour MC. We're going to have SENQ 6.93am in Brizzy, Patton Hills. We'll be coming along from 6am Queensland time. If you're listening to us across the SEN network, good morning to you. And, of course, on the SEN app, we're going to talk so much sport this morning, including Mitch Marsh's AB Medal Honour. And, MC, you haven't heard the audio yet, but the acceptance speech. The real, authentic Mitch Marsh. It was brilliant. It was hilarious. But it was also incredibly heartfelt. We'll play that out of 6.30. Steve Smith hit back at a few critics on his opening record and uh, maybe cited an average (laughs) <laughs> we might touch on that, uh, but uh, I mean, I'm not surprised the way he attacks media, um, not attacks media, but the way he goes about talking to the media, um, very pragmatic, uh, very matter of fact. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. Uh, news came through yesterday that Mal Meninga has been reappointed the Kangaroos coach. We'll get MC's thoughts on that. And Rory McElroy's change of heart over, li- or at least softening his stance on Live Golf. We're going to have, later on the show, we're going to have Jared Waitley back for 2024. We'll talk cricket. We'll talk Super Bowl. He'll be over there covering the Super Bowl for SEN. The Missile, James Magnuson, will be on. And Greg Chappell will also join us. Why? We'll have a bit of a chat about that a little later, maybe in the On This Day segment. But firstly, good morning, MC. How are you? Oh, good morning, Trent. I'm well. How are you? Actually, oh, I'm going well. That was very formal of you. Um... Yeah, you picked up the oh, keyboard yesterday. Yep. About time. But, Dust, dusted uh, it off. You actually have... Warmed a, up the fingers. You actually have, albeit probably the smallest real estate in the Daily Telegraph. Oh, no, what about that? Today. But uh, you got a story on Jack White and it's landed in the Telegraph. Welcome back to the living. Yes, I'm back, baby, with a... <laughs> maybe not with a bang, but... Um, yeah, it was obviously... Uh, an interesting story around Jack White. Look, I ha- hate writing and talking about Origin until, you know, round five. 
Mm. I've got this like weird, weird rule that I have during the season where I don't really talk about origin selections and the like because I think it's it's a little bit boring. Um, it's uh, a long way away. Things can change so quickly. You know, in, in the weeks leading up to it, I love it. I love the intrigue on who's going to be picked. But months out. But the reason it, it, it's of note is because Mike Maguire will have his first camp as New South Wales head coach this weekend, and he extended an invite to Jack White. And the pair are quite close, um, having developed a friendship last year while Michael Maguire was assistant coach at the Raiders, and they've been in constant dialogue. And look, my gut feel on Jack Wyden is that if he's playing well and he's picked, he'll play. He'll put his hand up for Origin this year. However, mm. um, he's indicated to Michael Maguire that he won't attend this camp this weekend just because he's not exactly sure of of where he's going to land. He wants to put his focus into South Sydney and, and start well for the Rabbitohs and, and try and perform well at, at his new club. But, you know, those at South won't stand in his way. Those at South believe that he'll play if he is picked. So um, it was a really out-of-the-blue call last year for Jack Wyden to pull out of the representative arena. Um, reading to that what you may, the public line was, oh, no, I want to throw all my eggs into the basket of trying to win a, a grand final at Canberra before I go. And I owe Canberra that much, having given so much service to, to the club before um, he signed for South Sydney. So, yeah, an interesting one. But, you know, forty about 40 players will be there this weekend at Sydney Olympic Park for Michael Maguire to have a meet and greet, essentially. That's what it is, to run through plans, to introduce the new staff because it's a totally revamped staff. Obviously, Brad Fittler's gone. Our very own Brandy's gone um, from the that New South Wales setup. Over, uh, who've been there the last couple of years, and Michael Maguire, Brett White, John Cartwright, you know, a, a new head of performance in sort of Andrew Gray, Frank Panisi from the Storms there. Um, so that it's a completely different look for for the Blues. Queensland will also have one this weekend, um, but under you know RLPA rules and and the like, there's no contacts. It's not a it's not a training session. It's yeah. more of a meet and greet. I don't mind it. Um, considering it's such a new coaching staff for, for the Blues to get everyone in, to um, introduce, to talk about expectations and, you know, what the Blues camp will potentially look like so that they don't have to distract the players, I guess, with it during the season in the lead-up to Origin. What about the, I mean, in terms of the personnel that was or going to be present in this camp, were there any shocks from your point of view? Has it actually been named? No, it's it's not a... It hasn't been named formally yet. Clubs have been told who's been invited. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, the one, Joseph Swalee, he's been invited and apparently will attend, which is only interesting because of the fact that he's only got 12 months left at the Roosters before he he switches codes. So yeah. um, out of 40 players, I don't think there's going to be – there's no bombshells or shocks or whatever the case may be because it's 40 players. So it's a, a bit open-ended. Um, so, yeah, that's – Nothing of no, and you know, there's no guarantee that any like you can be picked outside of this squad yeah. to play Origin. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for SEN, particularly for SENQ listeners, um, this morning, bit of breaking news last night that in Brisbane's Courier Mail that Cameron Smith has pulled the pin from Queensland. Yeah, Peter Bedell broke that story in the Courier Mail last night. So interesting one um, from Cam Smith. It's probably more around his media commitment, I, I guess, as well to, um, you know, he's part of the, the host broadcaster there on Channel 9 
whether or not that played a, a part in it, I'm not sure. But um, he'll be back on air here at some stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, vividly remember during Origin period doing live crosses from Origin camp. He was still doing his radio show. So, mm. um, yeah, it, of course, the captain's run will be back on SEN this year. Um, Cam Smith, he's he's been great, actually, uh, listening to obviously a legend of the game. But yep. it gives a quite a frank opinion on the sporting landscape. It's mm. not just footy. Yeah. Um, but he's brilliant. So he'll be a regular again on breakfast with Vossi and Brandy every Monday morning. And, uh, yeah, during that origin period, it's fascinating. I want to just change tack a little bit here. Yeah. $200 million Powerball tonight. Yes. Are you going to, firstly, are you going to buy a ticket? Um, biggest in Australian history. Apparently everyone in the country or at least half of the country yep. is going to have a ticket. Um, and the question we want to know from you, the listener, 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line and 1300 01 1170. How would you spend it and would you tell anyone? Because the experts say that you shouldn't. Yeah. So uh, me and Magnuson have been going on about this because we started, I think it was 100 mil, didn't go off. 150 mil didn't go off. And I'd say I, I would have bought for the, when it was, I think it was 100 mil initially, I said I would have bought a $15 million house and been quite content. And Miss, I was like, that's not enough. You know, I want gyms, I want pools, I, indoor, outdoor. I want a living chef. I want a nanny. I want, he doesn't have kids. He wanted all this stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? So he wants, out of his 200 mil, he'll spend it. We'll ask him later, but he'll spend it on $150 million on a house. One house. Wow. What about you, Copes? I think I'd focus on, obviously, the perfect house for my wife and kids and, um, Probably make sure that all of our significant other people in our family are debt free mm-hmm. first, and then start. That's nice of you. I'll, I'll thank you. Hmm. You can thank me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll buy you a coffee for sure. <laughs> Two hundred mil, make it large at least. Uh, but tell us, how would you spend it, and would you keep it a secret? How could you keep hard? it a secret? I had this discussion with um, Mal, who works with me on the big screen. He's the wizard behind the graphics on Seven over the summer, and M. M. Debney, who I was working with at the time too. Mal was adamant that he could keep it a secret from everyone in his life. And I'm like, how could you possibly not be just having things appear in your life that you've bought of significance, like a new car, living in a a different place? It was adamant that he could create this optical illusion that his life was the same. What, just don't tell people where he lives? Because... (laughs) If you're winning 200 mil, you're moving house. Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I am, for sure. I don't know what you'd have to... I'm I don't know assuming how much... the experts don't want you to announce it or talk to people who could I wouldn't be putting it on Twitter, but I'd yeah. be doing it and I'd be I'd be telling and looking. As you said, you have to look after the... 200 million dollars, if you're not looking after your family and friends, yeah. you're a shit bloke <laughs> or a shit person. Aren't you? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Anyway, let's move on to some sport. Uh, Mitch Marsh last night, along with Ash Gardner, the two winners of the big awards at the Australian Cricket Awards. Mitch Marsh, the Allen Border medalist, and Ash Gardner winning the Belinda Clark medal. Um, ben Horn had the story yesterday in the Daily Telly. He had some predictions out there. I thought Pat Cummins was going mm. to win. Um, he was the ICC Player of the Year. But uh, we'll talk a bit more in depth out of 6.30, but... Um, firstly, your initial thoughts on the two major award winners and, you know, 
let's talk the acceptance speech and the, the bigger picture a little later. Uh, I think it, it's interesting the fact that not only did um, Mitch Marsh win the AB medal, but Usman Khawaja got pipped for the Test Player of the Year, so the two big awards by the yeah. ICC. Nathan Lyon took out the Australian um, Test Player of the Year award, whereas Usman won the ICC Test Player of the Year, and Pat Cummins won the ICC Player of the Year, and um, that went to Mitch Marsh, but it's one of the great feel-good stories, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't even don't even know the guy, right? So you, you have a better understanding of, of what he's like and a, a glimpse of to why he's been. We're, we're starting to understand now, probably from the, the Ashes doco and since then, why he was a constant in the Australian test or Australian teams, even if he wasn't playing um, because of what he brings. And now he's found his groove um, in the um, international arena. Yeah, the... Footage from the test doco in the change room during, you know, tense environments where he's playing like a DJ mm. in the change room. You know, that's the real Mitch Marsh. And we saw a bit more of that last night in his acceptance speech. We'll bring you that out of 6.30. It was, <laughs> it was just fascinating for all the right reasons. One of the great acceptance speeches. The, the final tally, 223 votes for Mitch Marsh. Pat Cummins in second on 144 votes and Steve Smith in third on 141, a significant margin of victory. Um, so Mitch Marsh, firstly, congratulations on an unbelievable return to the test arena, becoming captain of the white ball formats at different times and playing a significant role in a World Cup victory as well. Uh, a hell of a season, a hell of a year for Mitch Marsh. We've had some early text reaction MC. This one from the Port Adelaide Dragon, 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. We're saying... If you won the 200 million Powerball tonight, what would you spend it on? Port Adelaide Dragon says, Morning, lads. If I win the Powerball, I'm buying the Cronulla Sharks and relocating them to Iran. <laughs> <laughs> Using power and money to uh, yeah, remove them. Yeah. <laughs> remove them from the equation. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, is a, that is a good one and spoken like a true Dragons fan. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, see, that's why you're such a wordsmith MC. You didn't even realize saying out of the blue to describe the news, Jack Whiten being out of the blues. Genius from the Port Macquarie. Didn't Pearl. I? Oh. Nah, 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 nah. I definitely <laughs> We've started early with that, Chuck, have we? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, we've got a text from Peter about, uh, the missile who's going to join us today on the Russian figure skater and the band there. So, yeah, we'll absolutely get to that. Yep. And we'll read your full text out when Missile's on air with us, potentially. Um, just before we hit a break, um, the rock concert in the domain. Now, th we've talked Powerball. We've talked a bit of other stuff. But there's a concert that was going to go on in um, the middle of Sydney on Anzac Day. Not referenced an Anzac Day concert specifically. Mm. Um, but it's been cancelled due to backlash over it being held on Anzac Day. So, I mean, it was Alice Cooper, Deep Purple, Blondie. They were all planning to be there. And then Chris Minns pulls the pin on this. But just generally, without going too deep into the story, events on significant days of respect. To me, this is a non-starter. There are If you don't want to celebrate or you don't want to be a part of Anzac Day ceremonies, it doesn't mean you can't be respectful and yeah. still live your life. We are in Sydney. It's like being in New York. There are things that are going on everywhere that are not inclusive of everyone, but they're still being respectful. Yeah. It's 
interesting because just down the road at, at Moore Park is the annual Anzac Day clash between the Dragons and the Roosters. And yeah. I think we see there a great, um, great deal of respect shown yeah. for the day, uh, a great deal of respect shown for the occasion and um, the uh, how we're able to commemorate the, the Anzacs and everything that's gone on. And I think it's turned into one of the great showpieces of Australian sport and Australian culture where we can blend the two things together in such a respectful way. Yep. And anyone that's been to an Anzac Day, Anzac Day game, even if you're a neutral, it, it, you get the tingles before kickoff. Yep. When, when, when you see the all, all the things that, that go on before kickoff and, and the like. So I think that's turned into a, a great event. I think it gives people an opportunity to remember, to reflect, share stories, and yep. share stories, and have a have that day become a a real part of sig- significance, which it should be, yes. right? Um, whether or not a rock concert can do that, I don't know. I think it needs to be whatever's on Anzac Day, and if the things are on Anzac Day, I think that needs to be part of it and a key part of it and a, a focal point of any event that's on. Would I stop it? No. Would yeah. I go to it? I wouldn't go to this regardless of what day of the week it was on. It's not my go. Yeah, me right? either. But so, I think the, the point here is need to be respectful, yeah. need to pay your respects. Yeah. But ultimately, uh, what's lost in this is Apex Entertainment. They were committing $10 for each ticket sold to two veterans charities, Wounded Heroes Australia and Legacy. And the total amount would have been 200 grand. So there was a sentiment and a rationale mm. behind it yeah. to recognize those that had lost lives um, and served their country. So anyway, an interesting story. Tell us what you think. Can there be concerts, sporting events going on in the city while still being respectful? Uh, and should it have been cancelled, let us know. 0457 736 736. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Your texts and calls are next right here on the Home of Sport, SEN's 1170 AM.